Well, today is our annual State of the Church message, and we want to give you an honest look back at where we've been in 2018 and share with you where we see God leading us in 2019. Now, if you are a guest here today, if this is your first time with us, I want to give you an apology right from the get-go. You may find this message to be irrelevant to you. You may think, why isn't he preaching the gospel? Why isn't he just sharing what's, why is he just sharing what's happened? On the other hand, on a positive note, if this is your first time or you've been here only a couple of times and you're thinking about making this your church home, wouldn't you want to know what our DNA is? Wouldn't you want to know what makes us tick? Wouldn't you want to know where we think God is leading us? So you might find this to be a great message um, for you today, wherever you are. We have had a great year in 2018. It's been a year of momentum and growth for our church. And what we want to see is to see that just explode and grow exponentially in 2019. So what were our hits this last year? Well, we had 67, that's right, 67 first-time professions of faith in Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? 67 people. Yeah, give it up for the Lord. Only God can do that. 67 persons surrendered their, first, their lives for the very first time to Jesus Christ, and they are now following him as their Lord and Savior. That is the mission of the church. That is the mission of this church. It's what we're all about. We also saw 42 baptisms this past year, and 14 of those baptisms were adults. 28 of those baptisms were infants. Now, that first number, the 14 adults, that number is driven by evangelism, reaching the world for Jesus Christ. The second number of infant baptisms is driven um, by people having babies. Now, <laughs> that first number we could do something about. We can preach the gospel. That second number, well, that's up to you. I can't really do anything about that, but the Lord says be fruitful and multiply. So if you do that too, we'll see infant baptisms this year as well. Well, our weekly worship attendance increased from 904 at the end of 2017 to 940 at the end of 2018. That puts Anderson Hills in the top 200 United Methodist churches in the United States of America. Now, most of our growth is coming from new and innovative outreach endeavors, and I want to tell you about those. One of those is the Glen Retirement Community. It now has a monthly worship um, participation of about 20 people and a weekly life group meeting of about 20 people as well. That's a brand new community out in Claremont County. That is one of our fresh expressions. And there are others too. We have three to name just a few more. The Little Miami Brewing Company, Rheingeist, and Birch Church. Now, Pastor Jonathan Coleman is leading our fresh expressions and he's doing a great job in the six months that he's been here so far. Rather than trying to make people come onto our campus, instead Jonathan is taking the gospel out to where people already are. 
The founder of Methodism, John Wesley, did exactly the same thing in his day in the 1700s, going out, leaving the church building, going to the marketplace and to the coal mines and where other people were to preach the gospel. Also new this year is our Sunday night healing prayer service. <coughs> it started out with a few people gathering after our healing ministry training, and it's growing into a weekly time of prayer. I think it is exciting to see this prayer group multiplying and growing on Sunday nights at our church. Also this year, for the very first time, we added a divorce care group, a group that offers support for people, um, not only in our church, but in our community as well. This past year, we worked hard to update our technology here in Fellowship Hall and also over in the sanctuary. Plus, as I mentioned at the outset of this service, we also added live streaming this past year. Chris Carper, a member of this church, has been hugely instrumental in getting this project up off the ground and taking it to new levels. It allows our people who are homebound or who might be traveling or homesick or whatever might be keeping them at home to watch our services via online streaming. And when you share the service on your Facebook page, friends that may not have even heard you ever talk about Anderson Hills will hear about our church and can join us in worship as well. Right now, we're averaging about 65 people who join us every Sunday for worship through our live streaming. This past summer, we also had our second annual children's art camp, and it has been such an amazing hit with children and families. But there are also some of our older ministries that are also bearing lots of fruit. Vacation Bible School is still one of the very most effective ways that we can reach children with the good news of Jesus Christ. If you've been around Anderson Hills for a while, you'll remember that eight years ago, we decided to move our VBS off campus, no longer holding it here at the church, but we moved it to Mount Washington Elementary School, a school with whom we already have a great working partnership. We offered it then to the children of the community as well as to children of our church. That first year, we only had about 30 or so kids, but this past summer, we had 150 children on that um, campus at Mount Washington School every night, and seven of those children also made first-time professions of faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can clap. Give it up for the Lord. That's amazing. We also had a really wonderful women's retreat <clears throat> that happened off-site this past fall. It was a huge success. There were 57 women who attended that retreat at General Butler State Park for two days, and they are already planning another one for the fall of this year. Another older ministry that is still bearing fruit for our church is Disciple Bible Study. Since it was started in 1987, we've had more than 300 people participate in Disciple. And this year, right now, we have five classes that are meeting that have 61 students, many of whom are reading the Bible for the very first time. Every single year we offer this, we hear great reports back of how God's Word changes people's lives. We also find that the very same thing is true with the Walk to Emmaus or the student version of Emmaus, which is called Chrysalis. 
We've had over 100 people at Anderson Hills go on this three-day retreat that is offered twice a year. And several of our members here at the church are leaders in the Emmaus and Chrysalis movement, and lots of our members volunteer each time one of those weekends happens. Well, one of our very oldest ministries is our annual rummage sale. It's been around so long, no one even remembers when it started. I think Methuselah might, might have started it. I'm not really sure. No one really knows. But this year was our biggest sale ever, raising the most money that we've ever raised before. And all of the money raised at the, U, at the UMW rummage sale goes to outreach and mission to make a difference in the world. None of it stays here. Our student ministry continues to make an impact on Sunday mornings and throughout the week with Herd and Mob, through the Appalachian Service Project, and also through Crossings Camp in the summer. This year, our students are planning on doing, taking a mission trip down to Mexico. And right now, we are finishing up a confirmation process in which we have 30 ninth graders who have completed confirmation, and they will be confirmed right here in this service a week from today. You won't want to miss that. Well, financially, in 2018, we finished the year in the black. Can you give it up to God for that? We also had 700 people involved throughout the year in our small groups. We worship about 900 on a Sunday, and 700 of you are involved in small groups. That's amazing. And also the number of people who are serving outside the walls of this church continue to increase and is amazingly strong. I am also really blessed and excited to serve on a staff with so many amazing people here at Anderson Hills. I'm excited and blessed because we also love each other and we operate well together as a team. This past year, we added two new members to our team. Actually, we added a third one. I forgot about Ashley Wilson. She's been around almost since the beginning of the year. But recently, we added Dana Caldwell, who is the new director of children's ministry, and also Pastor Jonathan Coleman, who joined us in this past summer. Sharon Gard, who's been on staff for a long time, has changed her ministry position, and she is now um, the director of curriculum development. So what about our misses? Well, the only one that really concerns me is the number of first-time guests who come through our doors on a Sunday morning. We want to see that number increase exponentially. This has been an ongoing issue for us for a few years now. Our retention rate, or the number of people that come back after coming onto our campus for the first time, hovers around 39%. Now that's good, it's actually above the national average, but we are aiming for 50% retention rate. And so we need to continue to work on our hospitality, our warmth, and our winsomeness. Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan is coordinating our hospitality efforts, and so if you feel led and called to serve in that area, won't you please see him and let him know? Now, what about our plans for 2019? Well, I will share those with you in just a moment, but there is one big unknown factor that is coming up very soon. Next month, our denomination is having a specially called General Conference in St. Louis, Missouri, to try to resolve a schism that has occurred. And while the presenting issue is over human sexuality, it actually runs much deeper than that. 
It's a debate that we've been having ever since the United Methodist Church was formed back in 1968. Actually, it goes back even farther than that to the end of the 19th century when the world was dealing with the after effects of the 18th century ideas of rationalism, which eventually led to skepticism and materialism, Marxism and Darwinism. These isms, so to speak, began to eat away at the roots of faith as the church began to debate the authority of Scripture. The question was, is Scripture the Word of God or is it not the Word of God? Now, there is nothing wrong with debates. I enjoy debates. You might enjoy debates, too. But the problem is this debate has never been settled. It just goes on and on. And instead of settling the debate, we've started going in two very separate directions as a denomination. And it isn't something that's just affected United Methodists, as you are probably aware, but every single mainline Protestant denomination has wrestled with this in our country. There are three plans that are up for debate at the, general, at the general conference, and our senior pastor, Mark Rowland, has written about them in the winter issue of our uh, quarterly um, magazine, The Link. All three of them have some serious issues, and I'm frankly skeptical that any of them is going to save the United Methodist Church. Once General Conference has made their decision, our own church council here at Anderson Hills will consider what our options are and then bring a recommendation to you, to our congregation members. Now, I want to say that whatever happens, Anderson Hills Church is still going to be here on the corner of Beachmont and Forest Avenues. We've been here for 200 years, and I expect we will be here for another 200 years doing exactly what God has called us to do, make disciples of Jesus Christ and helping people grow in faith. We will be here until the Lord returns. And I can promise you that our core values and our theological beliefs will not change. So what are our plans for 2019? Well, our overall objective is to help people find Jesus and to grow in their faith. And we are taking our clue and our marching orders from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verse 28. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. We have three goals that we believe will help us as a church to grow and mature in our faith in Christ. And the first one is to help people connect with Jesus and make a profession of faith. This is the core of the gospel message that's been entrusted to us by Jesus Christ. And it is our first priority. And there are a couple of ways that we're going to do this. We want to identify and train our members who are gifted in evangelism in how to have spiritual conversations that occur naturally and effortlessly throughout the week. We've trained about 50 people in the last two years, and we want to identify and train at least 20 more. And to do that, Pastor Jonathan is going to be offering a four-week Sunday morning class 
called Everyday Evangelism that will be beginning in February. You can sign up online for his class. Our second goal is to increase our worship attendance. It's not so that we can be a big church. It's so we can disciple people. I mean, think about it. You can't disciple an empty chair. There's nothing there to disciple. You have to have people to disciple. And so we want to continue to invite people to worship and bring them to us or go where they are so that we can disciple them. We're going to devote some sermon time to the topic of having a culture, an invitational culture this year. Many of you are already inviting friends and neighbors to church, and that's great. We want everyone to feel comfortable doing that exact same thing. Here's what I've learned over the years. When you really love your church, all you really want to do is invite others to come and experience what you're experiencing too. You naturally invite people. I mean, guilt and, and shaming people into church, coming to church only goes so far. And so we want to keep working to make this Anderson Hills a great Christian community to want to be a part of and to want to invite others to come and join. And when you invite your friends to church, we want to make sure that your friends and neighbors who come have a great experience here and that we offer an opportunity for them to move closer to Jesus. That's our strategy. Invite them and then offer them Christ. And once they come, we want to help them connect with, with a small group right away. We believe that, our small, that small groups are so critical to spiritual growth because that's where new folks can, can connect and begin to grow in their faith. And so we want to create even more small groups for new people this year. Three people on our staff, Amy and Pam and Sharon, are spearheading a small group leader training with some new curriculum called CORE, C-O-R-E. And we believe it's going to do great things to help ground our uh, small group leaders in the faith. I mean, we think of our small group leaders as, as shepherds of our people for the church, helping us to care for members and their spiritual growth. Again, if this interests you, let us know. Call Amy and we'll help you get started. But we're not about to wait for people to just come to us. I mean, read the book of Acts. All people did to start the church was to go out and share the good news and invite people. They didn't wait for people to come, and neither will we. They went to pe where people are, and so will we. We're doing the same thing, planning three brand new fresh expressions or microchurches in this coming year. Well, finally, the third goal we are calling Fan the Flames. We think God is up to something here at Anderson Hills. God has been moving. The Holy Spirit has been moving in us for some time now. And something feels like we are on the cusp of something big. We want to provide um, um, an environment where God can work. And we realize that where the Holy Spirit is concerned, we can't control that. We have to rely on God for that. Now, I like to control my life. I don't know about you, but I like to have it kind of regimented. But the thing is, we can't control God. So we have to do some things to just open ourselves up and be ready to wait for God's direction. There are some things that we can do, though, I think, to kind of cultivate the earth and to provide an environment, a richer environment where God can work. And those things include things like prayer and fasting 
and repentance and unity and love in the church. And of course, obedience to God's word. To do that, you have to know God's word and we want to help you do just that. One of the ways that we're going to do that is through a church-wide study together that will start in September called The Story. We're going to go through the whole Bible together from Genesis to Revelation. Every time we've done that before, our congregation has loved it, and I think you are going to love this too. I mean, think about it. When we've done smaller studies, like recently Romans and Joshua, everybody's on board together. And what we find is the spiritual index of our church becomes exponential. It soars through the roof when we do that. We believe that all of these things are going to help us fan the flames to a great spiritual awakening that is coming to Anderson Hills. And so we want to be ready. And so what can you do? to be ready? How can you help us meet our objective to help people find Jesus and to grow in your faith? Well, I want to mention six things that are guaranteed to help you mature in your faith. This would be a good time to get out your six habits card uh, that you've been carrying around with you thus far. If you've been around Anderson Hills for a year or more, you've heard us talk about these six habits before. They are nothing new. They've been around since long as the church has been around. They are sometimes called spiritual disciplines, and they are guaranteed, guaranteed to help you grow in your faith. The first habit is to spend time daily with God. That is the central way that God uses to transform us. It's the heart of your relationship with God. Prayer is the main business of any Christian's life. And so how do you get started? Well, I think having the same time and place every day helps it become a routine in life. I like to do mine the very first thing in the morning. You need to find a time that works for you, though, and get started. I get up in my house about an hour before my wife Marge does, and I spend that time quietly sipping my first cup of coffee and talking to God. Sometimes I just sit quietly and listen. Now, if you want to begin a, a practice of daily prayer, I suggest that you start small and work your way up. Start with maybe five or ten minutes and work your way up over time. That will help prevent discouragement or failure. As you begin to grow, begin to add in a time of scripture. Read the Bible a bit and, and listen for God's verse through this word, through the scripture. You can get Anderson Hill's Bible reading plan. We create a Bible reading plan that dovetails with every single one of our sermon series. You can find it available on our church website, on our church app, My AHUMC, or in paper form. They're available at the welcome desk. There's a new one, as I said, with every new sermon series, one for this series called Exponential. <laughs> Easy for me to say, right? But there are also lots of Bible apps out there. You might be familiar with YouVersion. Um, I use that um, uh, from time to time every day. I read from the Bible. But they also have some Bible plans that you can use, and you can find one that fits you. There's some for men, some for women, some for certain times of the year, something for certain topics. Well, in our house, around 7.30 or so, when Marge gets up, then we do some scripture reading, we have some devotional time, and we pray together 
And we use our church's Bible reading plan and one or two other devotional books that we've discovered that we like over the years. We close our time together with prayer for our day, for our family, and for all of the prayer requests that we're aware of from you, our church family, and from others we know elsewhere. Well, the second habit that will help you grow is to cultivate a generous heart. You see, generosity is compassion with feet on it. It's passing on to others what God has done for us. We help others experience a piece of what we've experienced in Christ. That's what the gospel does. It, it ripples out. It turns men and women from takers into givers. And so generosity is essential to our spiritual lives. For Marge and me, that's 10% of our income to this church. And then a little bit over and above that to other ministries that we support um, in the community and in the world. We also try to be generous with our time and with our talent. So we need to practice to cultivate generosity. The third habit is participating in a small group. My friends, God did not design us to live a solitary life. The Christian faith has never been a solo act and it never will be. We need each other for support. I mean, there's no way that I could have gotten to where I am today in my walk with Jesus without the help of others over many years of my walk of faith. We're meant to live in relationship with one another. Marge and I have been a part of a small group, many small groups over the years, and through them, we've grown a lot. And I believe that that's the way every single person grows in Christ. When someone comes to faith in Christ, the first thing that we want to do is to get them into a group. I wouldn't want to go through life without a group of people who are going through it with me. Some have been going through it with me for 20 years. Some are a little newer along the pathway. Well, the fourth habit is to share your faith. God has designed us so that when we share our faith with others, what actually happens is we grow in our faith too. The church exists to reach out beyond its walls and invite people in to communicate God's word to the world. We are called in 2 Corinthians ambassadors of Christ, and our mission is to share Christ. I don't know of a more significant cause to give one's life to. And if you want to learn more about how to do this and to even feel more comfortable doing it, we've invited Ben Williams back to Anderson Hills. He'll be here at the end of this month on January the 26th to lead a workshop. And I encourage you to sign up if you have an interest in evangelism. Well, the fifth habit is serving in a ministry. When you serve others, you're really serving God. Jesus said so in Matthew 25 that whatever you did to the least of these, you did it for him. So discover your gifts, discover your talents, and then start using them to serve other people. And lastly... The sixth habit is to worship regularly. I mean, worship is the heart of what the church does. Worship is the heart of what the Christian does. Worship is why you and I were created to worship and to give praise to the living God. So where are you in your habit with worship? We find that the average member at Anderson Hills worships here about 1.7 times a month. How much continuity do you think you can 
can get going? What kind of traction with that track record? And what do you think might happen if you made the decision today to be here every single Sunday in worship in 2019? Think about what that might do for your spiritual life. You see, effective Christians commit themselves to habits that help them go deeper in Christ. And so I'm going to end today with a challenge. I'm asking you to practice these six habits every day this year for the next 365 days because I think it will cause an exponential explosion of spiritual growth in your life and my life and in the life of this church. Does everyone have one of the six habit cards? Well, if you will make a covenant to practice with God and to covenant with God and practice these six habits every day, I'm going to ask you on the side where there's a couple of blanks to print your name at the top. Print it if you would, because we're going to read these and we have to be able to read your writing. Okay, not everybody has the greatest writing. So print your name at the top so we can read it because um, pastor, our senior pastor, Mark Rowland, is going to receive all of these. He will pray over each and every one. He will sign his name, have this laminated, and send it back to you. That's how we need to know your name so we can mail it back to you. I carry mine in my wallet. I have every year that I've been on staff here at Anderson Hills. It helps remind me to practice these six habits every day. As you come forward for Holy Communion in just a few moments, you can bring your card with you. There will be some baskets or plates here on the stage or the thrust that you can place those in. Well, if you'd like to take your spiritual life to the next level and help us as a church achieve God's plans, I'd like to invite you to pray a prayer with me. You'll find it on the screen. And this prayer was written by, by Methodism's founder, John Wesley. And Methodists have been praying this prayer since 1755. That's a long time, at the beginning of every year. And those who pray it are committing themselves to follow God wherever God might lead. It says that however God wants to use me, I'm willing to go. So are you? Are you willing? If so, would you pray with me? I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you, or set aside for you, praised for you, or criticized for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the confidence which I have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen.